late 2001, Keith Rylance was woken from a dead sleep by the incoherent and frantic sounds of his business partner, Petra Heller. Keith entered into his caravan's lounge room to find objects normally on the center table scattered about the couch where he had last seen his wife, Amy, watching TV before he had went to bed that night. After calming Petra down to a state in which she could put her thoughts together, she would go on to tell him of the incredible sight she had just witnessed. A bright light piercing through the caravan window and enveloping her friend and Keith's wife Amy and moving her through the air. This event would leave the local police and the UFO investigators who responded to Keith's request for help scratching their heads to this very day. This case file joined the theorists as they plunder another UFO story from down under in the Amy Rylands Gundai McKay incident. Welcome to Alien Theorist Theorizing Case File 191, Amy Rylance in the Gundai Makai incident. <laughs> I, uh, I tried to say that in my Australian accent. didn't work. I'm Brayden. I'm Zell. I'm Dan. And I'm Andrew. Gundai. 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 Gundai Makai. Gundai. Gundai Makai. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Pretty good, I'd say. We'll give you a pass. Yeah, it's not bad. I feel like there was something that we were going to say at the to open the show that we didn't talk about. That we talked about previous. <laughs> we just talked I for half an remember. hour and we didn't mention anything. Didn't you're mention. Only, anything. Yeah, you're the only person with that feeling. <laughs> so last week, last case file, case file one ninety, we did a, a case file about a woman who has claimed to have every kind of uh, UFO abduction known to man, with All no. Them evidence at all and it's seemingly if she reads a story about someone else having an, an incident she would become jealous and then claim that that would that reminded her of her incident <laughs> and she would then have another ufo encounter um you know she had tons of pictures to back it up uh, oh man which were hand Probably, drawn. no no what are you talking about photo evidence man photo yeah. don't lie yeah um zell i don't i don't know what's going on with the stream on our skype but it's bright green does it every once in a while. Now, this week's case is a little different. You know, it's a lot of people point to this one as being a very strong, um, very strong evidence of UFOs, abductions. Um, we first heard about this one from uh, Dr. Mike Masters when we talked to, about him. And if you're listening to this live stream, that interview comes out on Wednesday. And if you're listening to this, on Friday, on Spotify, that interview came out on Wednesday. <laughs> so you already listened to it. Talking, from, uh, talking in time travel here. Yeah, it's uh, it's pretty, uh, you know, pretty timely that we're talking about it now. So what's 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 the deal with this case? What's up with Gandai Mackay? Gandai Mackay. At first, and when you, at first glance, this kind of case uh, to me, admittedly, I was like, there's not really anything here. And then I realized that you guys had given me the wrong name or spelled the name wrong in the first yes. time when you guys <laughs> gave it to yeah. me. <laughs> yes, I did. I did, in fact. And then I was like, oh, okay, okay. Uh, it's it's this one. It's uh, referring to Amy Rylance. 
And then uh, looking at that, there's there's not that much. But then apparently you can also it's also referred to as the Gundai McKay incident. So Gundai kind of McKay. <laughs> yeah. Which <laughs> I think that is the I think that is the more known name for it. Uh, that made that's Rowland's. I, I found way more shit under Gundai. Gundai Mackay, yeah, yeah, for sure. So, well, it makes sense. Um, I understand why they named that place that name, because in Australia, you're going to need a gun or you're going to die. Yeah. Everything's trying to <laughs> fucking kill you there. <laughs> Gundai? <Yeah>. Mackay? <laughs> That's just someone responding after? <laughs> um, no, so it's, these are two different locations, that, but this UFO story is kind of wrapped up in them, uh, which is why it's named that. So right. the one name is the people, the other name is the places, and the places right. seems to be more well-known. So Amy Rylance is the person that they refer to, and she was uh, <laughs> she was living in a Gandai property near Tierra, which is in the north is north of Brisbane, Brisbane on the eastern coast of Australia. For people who don't, you know, have a good grasp of Australian geography, because who the would? Broncos play. doesn't exist, doesn't exist, it's fake. <laughs> uh so on the evening of Thursday or on the evening of Thursday October 4th 2001 uh Keith Rylance her husband uh 39 uh his wife uh Amy 22 and their business partner Petra Heller who's 35 so just, so just right off the bat Ooh. just point out the fact that there's a fucking 17 year age gap between these two yeah. people that's yeah. a, what's wrong with that's that a, that's, that's a, a nothing's thing. wrong what do you mean that's, that's just a hey listen I'll tell you what's wrong with it what the fuck are you guys going to talk about? You both grew up watching different cartoons. Got nothing in common. <laughs> well, I'm telling you, it's a struggle. That, that's why they have the the middleman at 35, the other mm. female. Middleman? Like, what are you talking about? Lucky Pierre? To, well, I, I'm, not, uh, I'm not getting into anything, but there, I know three If you guys three didn't watch the same cartoons growing up, y'all, you'll have nothing, you have nothing to talk nothing about. Nothing to talk about. That's, that's my rule. You're not, you're you're not going to get the references that each of you is putting down. <laughs> yeah. What are you talking about? Exactly. Um, so... In at least yeah, one of Keith the live... Keith is fucking Hannah Barbera or whatever. Bar and Barbera. Hannah Barbera, yeah. Yeah. And yeah, uh, right. Amy's, and Amy's... Nickelodeon. Nickelodeon, yeah. There Two different go. eras. Exactly. Uh, Amy and Petra, according to at least the one of the live... Or one of the um, news segments that it addresses this issue, uh, they are best friends. Apparently, not only business partners, but best friends, I guess. They're also housemates. They live a uh, well house. I would say they live in a caravan, essentially. Yeah. Caravan. Vice yeah. Fired. Yep. Periwinkle Blue. Yep. And um, <laughs> so that night, Keith Rylance had gone to sleep in the caravan bedroom at about 9.30 p.m. And Petro was said As to you have, do at 39, I imagine. Yeah. <laughs> retired <laughs> for the night. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, Petra went to her bedroom, which was located in the caravan annex. And I had to look up what that was because I've never lived. I've never resided in a caravan. So I don't not sure nope. what a caravan annex is, but I, I assume it's uh, from looking at it or looking at their thing. It's like the front porch kind of. Yeah, like that's what I thought. Too. Yeah. Oh, I thought it was at the living room, but okay. Maybe, so maybe that makes so more sense. The, the, the 22 year old wife is staying up where the 39-year-old husband and the 35-year-old friend are going to bed, not together, but at the same time. Separate rooms? Yes. Separate okay. rooms. Okay, okay. Just, just good. Dan, other I got to say something too, buddy. I'm super disappointed. We we have to touch on where they're staying. We Is have to. The property itself? Yeah. And well, what what are they trying to turn this property into? Okay, yeah. Well, I was going to okay. bring that up later. But, you, you have um, to. So this property was being developed, according to them, like according to records, it was being developed into a winery, 
uh, Whispering Winds Winery, www, I guess they would have put on their t-shirts, I guess. I, dude. Whispering Winds. I mean, if you listen really closely to Brayden's mic, you can constantly hear a whispering wind. <laughs> yeah, all the time. <laughs> Just all my nose. You can't, you can't hear it, t- you can't hear it on the live butt. stream, really, but... <laughs> <laughs> Whispering winds, like what? Yeah, it's very uh, artistic. Winery, that's what was going to happen to the property, apparently. So I love it. Yeah. yeah. Um, this uh, like they the property itself is like it's both like it was a farm at one point. Um, they they weren't farming the land, but they were living there on this property. And as far as I could tell, there wasn't many. They're not like in a caravan park, so there's not a bunch of people around that area. It was pretty much like their caravan, like in the middle of this property. Nobody else really around it. Centered, yeah, in an acreage or something. So pretty isolated. Uh, So Amy was reported to have been on the couch watching TV uh, in the Caravan Annex lounge room. Um, All of these kind of all of these rooms that the that the residents were in were separated by walls. So it's not like they were all in the same room at the same time. Now, around apparently, apparently Amy fell asleep. Or that's the last thing that she remembers falling asleep on the couch. Um, there was a reported storm in the area, but around 11:15 p.m. that evening, Petro said that she woke up, and when she entered into the lounge area that was next to where she was sleeping in the <gasps> annex, that's what she did. She <laughs> gasped. Her gasp representation. Yeah. I was trying to add some foley. It was beautiful. Some suspense to the, perfect. the whole story. And then she is greeted by this astonishing sight of uh, Amy seemingly suspended in a rectangular beam of light that is being projected through the open window of the caravan lounge room. She's being like picked yep. up in a, like a prone sleeping position and seems to be sucked out by an, a yeah. beam, tractor beam. Right. And Petra says that she remembers like not only Amy being suspended in this, but actually objects like from the table, like at the table that was in the room as Bowl well. Popcorn. Like, there were objects in the table actually floating within this beam of light. Yes. But only Amy from like what I read, only Amy was actually moving towards the window, like moving out towards the window. The other objects were just suspended. Right. So Petra passes out. Apparently, uh, being Whoa, just, 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 just full on feigning goat, like well, fucking I'm out of here, keeled over. That's what I do. Any sense of danger? Yeah. Wow. Right. On roller coasters, I've seen it fucking blocked it's out. True. Gone. I yeah. I lose. But just you know, in the in the few seconds before she passed out, she did report that she had seen a disc shaped UFO hovering. Uh, just above the ground, a short distance away that was near a tree um, at the rear of a section, a clearing uh, near their caravan. And then so after that, and then she blacked out for an unknown amount of time, but what she assumes was a short amount of time. So not, not that long. Well, I'm guessing, Um, I'm guessing that, you know, if someone's fainting, I'm going to guess that because she guesses this, I'm, I'm guessing she's prone to them or has fainted before. So she kind of would know that, like, you know, she kind of knows the deal. It's not like if this is the first time you ever fainted, you you probably wouldn't know what the fuck's up. So, I, th- like, this led me to believe that she might be a person that, you know, has fainting spells 
on occasion, much she, like myself. She definitely fainted getting the COVID jab. Yeah. <laughs> Man, dude, it's crazy. It's nuts. Like even just a lot of times it's psychosomatic. Like you work yourself up so fucking much. You see the needle. You just look at the needle and you're like, oh, fuck. Lights out, man. And you can see it. You're, I see the eyes roll in the back of their head and you're like, holy fuck, what's wrong? Like, is this person going to jam out? Like, what's going on? What a weird evolutionary trait humans have. <laughs> we see it all the time with people. Like when you start IVs or they see blood or something like that, fucking gone. Flat. Up they go. Like, you're like, Jesus. Those people evolved to, to escape bear attacks. How did they? they did. I, I don't know about that. <laughs> it's uh, like, how did those genes survive? I don't superior. understand. Superior. There's fight, flight. And faint. Just, faint. Just pass out. <laughs> like, <laughs> now, Petra, when she regained consciousness, she immediately starts screaming. Because, I mean, what else would you do? As you do I at mean, that point. yeah, your friend has just been lifted out of a window and she's now seemingly gone. Uh, of course, like, you, you'd be yelling bloody murder. Like, you, you want to let everyone know. And then Keith said that he was awoken uh, by... Petra Dream. screaming, you know, babbling, whatever, uh, you know, after witnessing Amy being taken. And then uh, Keith said that he came into the room and he just saw Petra and the, what he reported the contents of that coffee table. So those objects that had been reportedly floating in the air, but had not exited out the window with Amy uh, on the floor. So scattered like objects like scattered like around, strewn the floor. around. Yeah. yeah. So they weren't like just like. Stuff that had had been in place before was now out of place, and things were kind of where they shouldn't when, have been. When you say babbling, do you like? Is there a chance maybe she was like speaking in tongues or anything like that? Like, have we ever ran into anything? I, I mean, she was probably like stammering and just like the kind of mm. thing trying to try and put together words, words. at this well, point I mean, about what happened. Like, let's be honest, they're they're hard to understand at all times. The guy's probably just like, I don't know, you're speaking Australian, I can't <laughs> figure it out. <laughs> well, Petra's Petra's not actually Australian. Yeah, well, she's oh really? British. Yeah, different. Oh, even worse, I don't even think she's British. I think she's um, I don't know where she's from, but she definitely doesn't have. I don't think English is her first language. Like from the interviews, I was no, it to, doesn't sound well, like the it's name. Not Pe her first name language. Petra. It's like sounds very like Eastern European. Petra. Yeah, yeah, it could be something like that. So she could be Ukrainian. Could it's be, very appropriate you know, too. Petra petrified, right? Like they fucking yeah. they did a good well, job. And, and the reports of her babbling come from Keith because Keith's awakened by the screaming. He runs out. You know, he sees the window open, you know, a, a screen blown out and items strewn everywhere and Petra babbling about Amy being gone. Amy's been taken. You know, he starts, you know, you can imagine him freaking out and he's just, you know, probably looking out, not really paying much attention. Like if I try to put myself in his shoes, I would imagine your first thing you're like, you're like kicking out the front door. You're like, who took her? What? Someone came and grabbed her. Like, you're probably freaking the fuck out. You're looking for taillights or something like driving you're, out away. Yeah, from you're, you're looking for some tangible, like, who took her? Where is she screaming? Amy, like, are you okay? Where is she? And then after a short while of like, you know, this panic, he comes back to Petra. And he's like, Whoa, what happened? And she's like, you know, it's a, f a fucking UFO. There was a UFO, Amy, Beam, out the out the fucking window she's gone where'd it go i don't know right <laughs> yeah she's just screaming this as he wakes up like yeah so you know you know you when you when this kind of stuff happens especially from a dead of sleep like you're you're kind of like out you're out of it so it's like it takes him a while to actually like listen to petra and he, believe her story and be like what that that's what i and then kind of putting it together and being like holy fuck i need to call the cops i need the police here 
So after after he talks to Petra, calms her down, and then he kind of, you know, I, I repeatedly asking her questions, um, he ends up kind of taking her at her word and believing what he told her that something, at least something, you know, he's believing that something took Amy. She's gone. And yeah. One of yeah. the five billion things in Australia that can kill you probably took her. <laughs> the least scary of those things are aliens. And uh, Keith decides that, you know, what are you going to do? You're going to call the police. So about an hour and a half later, the police arrive at the scene. So that's a long time. Now you think about it. Like they're they're out in the boonies, man. It's like 90 minutes. Maybe. Yeah. But maybe the police stations, you know, two hours away. I mean, yeah, yeah that's definitely. that's also true. That's a to consider. Like how um, rural is this area? Because like we have that too. There's rural. there's rural areas where, that are not staffed by police. They have they are they're at the nearest city and respond to those areas at certain times. Right. So like, yeah, because this place, I don't think it was really close to any real police because they had to bring in other police officers from other places to just be like there's not that many there to to um staff like a whole entire investigation of this thing so hour and a half later this is probably i think hour and a half later it refers to like 11 15 so it's probably about one in the morning at this point imagine for a second that you're keith and you have petra saying that ufos have taken your wife and you're sitting there waiting now for an hour and a half while like you have no idea where your wife is or what's abducting her. Because like me, I'm like, I don't know if I would still like in the back of my head, I would have told the police what Petra said, but I would also in the back of my head be like, man, she's taken, she's been taken by someone and they're probably driving somewhere with her right now. Like you'd be fucking terrified. Yeah, well, you don't even have their phone number to tell them you have a certain particular set of skills either. Like, no, you know, you can't nothing. do anything. You can't even share you, the yeah. fact that you have those skills. Yeah, you can't neeson them, right? Like, that sucks. So the officers that first are, uh, were first on the scene were Senior Constable Robert Maragna of Tiaro. And then they actually brought another officer from Maryborough. Um, now, it's, it's sad. That tells that, me they're understaffed. <laughs> right yeah. like if that doesn't spell that they're understaffed <laughs> i don't know what does well they probably they brought up an extra one like i can assume i can make an assumption or like a, i can say he probably you could make the assumption that these officers brought like they brought an extra officer because the police right off the bat suspected foul play now um or a domestic dispute probably or something like that you know it's a, if you're a police officer, that's what you're probably going to be is like your, your big thing, right? Like to be on it, like look at the situation and think to like, it, it, it goes back to that Occam's razor. It's like, what's the simplest explanation here? You have a weird, you have an odd couple here, obviously, right? Like this, this 35 year old woman is supposed to be a business partner. And yet she's like palling around with this couple living out in the middle of nowhere. Exactly. Like it's just talking about whispering winds. Yeah, and like, you know, they go to bed at the same time, but different spots, and, the, you know, she stayed away. Like, it's, come on. It's not uh, rocket appliances, boys. Like, there's something fishy going on here. So, these actually two officers were actually joined later by Sergeant John Bonds, Bozenjack, and then he was actually the officer who's in charge by of the TRO police force, and they had to actually wake him up for this. Got to bring uh, Boz in, boys. Yeah. He's the only guy for the job. I can't imagine he was too happy about this, like being woken up from a dead sleep at like one in the morning and being like, hey, we need you to come out here. Um, some because aliens stuff is going on. Aliens. <laughs> yeah. So when they went over the scene of the incident, uh, they, they, 
you know, looking for evidence, anything that they could really point to what had actually happened to Amy. They did find evidence or, or what they kind of cited as a, um, a possible or possible evidence was that there was a plant outside the window uh, that Amy had been reportedly taken out of. And this, this, this plant appeared to have some type of heat damage to it. Like it was, it was, it was markedly different from the other, from the other plants. And yeah. then there was scorched. A, yeah. Something like that. And then there was another bush that was right to the right of that plant that was not affected at all by any type of heat damage. Now, the police are looking at this scene. They're looking at the, you know, the circumstances, and they're actually leaning towards that there might be foul play at this point. They're 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 actually talking about themselves and saying like, you know, they're thinking that this might be some sort of uh, foul play incident or even a murder plot at this point. Like that's what's going through the police's heads. Boy, it reeks of it. You have a, you you know, you have a husband with a different woman claiming that their wife is missing out of the house. So yeah, yeah I mean, any any police officer, it, it would like click it back. Well, maybe. But I mean, the scorch like, bush, the scorch bush and what they say, a a ripped screen on the right. And that's what's happening, right? Like you got, you got two different guys here. You got fucking, you got Lestrade going around being like, oh yeah, she's abducted. Then you know fucking Sherlock's outside looking at this burnt bush being like, hmm, all right. A game's afoot. We're going to figure this shit out. Suspicious. Aliens. Yeah, so I don't know how on board they are with aliens at this point, but the, the next thing that happens is pretty surprising, I'm sure, to everybody. Um, while the police are still at the property, the Keith receives a phone call, and it is from a woman in McKay uh, who is telling him that she has just found a distressed and dehydrated woman uh, at a local BP gas station. And this is about three hours Later from the initial abduction? Yeah. And the BP gas station, or McKay, is about 790 kilometers or f almost 500 Ooh. miles to the north of Gundai. What? That's where far. the actual abduction took place, where Amy had been reported three hours prior. Last scene. That's like, because you think about that, like, I'd imagine from Kelowna to what, let's say like Edmonton, that's got to be pretty close to 900. Well, yeah, I think Calgary's 650. So say Red Deer. And that, what is, that's like eight hour drive. Yeah. Eight hours. Like, and you're Hard. clipping it, clipping on a it good, I guess yeah. closer to nine, maybe. Yeah. That's fucking wild. On, and on a good road and, you know, and if, you know, fuel stops, well, right? Yeah. Like, <laughs> depends. You got winters on, like, are you, how, how fast are we going here? Boys? Listen, like, I don't think on. they need winters in Gundai to Makai. <laughs> yeah, no, yeah, Northern Australia. Like all that. train. You got four by four, all <laughs> train. What are we talking here, boys? Yeah. You'd have to be making like a gumball run all the way across going like 120, <laughs> 130 miles per hour to make that kind of time. Like even yeah. what's a, what's a flight, right? I don't even minutes. know if you get a flight from there. I'm not even sure there's any airports. <laughs> but let's say, let's say you could get a flight. Like you're still saying, like what's the flight from Kelowna to Edmonton? 45, 45 minutes. 45. Yeah. But 45. The, you know, pre-trip, post-trip. You would have easy proof, though, right? If you had to port a plane, you know, go through security, you would have those things. I, I, when I saw this, that distance, I was, I was baffled, mind bottled, yeah. boggled. It's mind bottling for sure. Staggering for sure. Yeah. So both like combine, yeah, the distance with the time definitely 
sets off some alarm bells because you're like when you're reading this you're like oh, okay somebody just claimed being abducted by aliens and it's like no but when they found her she was this isn't this isn't like I mean this is almost better than the Travis Walton one because the Travis Walton one they found him a few days later but it wasn't yeah. like it wasn't that far but this one is like a couple hours and then she is really far gone away. yeah it's a whole different yeah unbelievably the fucking state. far so uh, Amy the the women the, the the staff of the BP gas station told Keith uh, that Amy, uh, who they identify, they ended up identifying her as uh, they 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 said she was fine, just dehydrated and you know disoriented, and they took her to the Mackay Hospital. Let's not use let's not throw around dehydrated here so loosely. Like she's she's fucking parched. Or are we talking? She's like literally well, like the first clinically dehydrated. Her, well, she she said she felt really thirsty when she got there. Like they okay. gave her like she wanted water. So she's, she's, she she's parched. She's yeah. parched. Well, yeah, the okay. other thing is they like you know perhaps she was showing some signs of dehydration because like she was acting erratic like people mm. didn't really know what the fuck was going on with her she's covered in mud like you know she she, she wasn't really making a lot of sense to them so we're yeah. talking like you know seeing mirages and like sandcastle on her tongue when she sticks her tongue out that kind of dehydrated <laughs> maybe uh, at this point, because she had just tracked like through, it wasn't like she showed up at the BP gas station like in the in the phone booth, no, or something like that. It's like she had actually had to track uh, through That's bushland a good point. to get there. So that three hour difference is we also got a minus off that three hours of time she trekked through of bushwhacking bushwhack of bushwhacking to find yeah. this <laughs> BP gas Bra- station. Braden looks exactly like a fucking bushwhacker right now. So that yeah, stick out your tongue. Yeah, <laughs> that's fucking perfect. <laughs> so, and, and we all we know this because when she gives she gives her statement, she, that's what she says. She says she she remembers waking up there and trekking, but she doesn't actually. She says in the bush for a long time, but she never actually gives like an actual time frame. I don't think she had a wristwatch on or anything, you know. No, but she didn't even give like um, I think it was. I'm an gonna hour. say a long time. That's a good point. I was gonna say half hour, an hour is a long time. Yeah. So, um, yeah, from her statement, which she uh, had signed and notarized as a police statement uh, while she was in the hospital at Mackay, she, you know, this is this is a statement which is under law, held her legally accountable for everything that she said in it contained within. And she said that the last thing that she remembered was lying on the couch, falling asleep on the couch. The interesting thing about providing that statement, especially a notarized police statement or an affidavit, is that, you know... If the police are thinking that this is some sort of prank or hoax, they can then charge her with this document for wasting, you know, tying up police time. Right. So it's like you're you're putting yourself out there to possibly be prosecuted if you're, you know, full of shit. And so the last thing she really remembers, like from from the from being on the property, being in the caravan, is falling asleep on the couch and then she claims that she woke up actually lying on a some type of surface a, a bench or something in a strange rectangular shaped room and then within this room while she was lying on the table she says that she recalls being called to or hearing a voice um that seemed to be male and timber and, and tone and it asked her to to remain calm and everything would be all right and she would not be harmed yeah that's perfect that would definitely keep me calm Real ease your nerves at that point <laughs> yeah. but you're chained yeah. down okay, to a cool. table all right random shadowy scary thing Bet all right male voice i've never i don't recognize in this yeah. dark room 
Yeah, it, it, another point of her her te- her testimony was saying that they, that within this room, this room seemed to be illuminated from like every direction. So uh, some of the reports and some of the the researchers that have gone into this have you know compared this to other encounters, other abduction cases where the abductees have described that like that the technology is that this this illumination it's not it's not like a light bulb it's not it's not like a single singular light source it's that the entire room just seems to be illuminated with like an all over um like an all over illumination of some type and so soon after she hears this this male voice you know trying to reassure her she says that an opening appeared on one of the walls and then a, a male figure uh, that she estimated to be about six feet tall, walked into the room. Now, uh, her description of this man was that he was slender, slender in build, uh, but of perfect proportion. And he was also wearing some type of full body suit. And he had some what seemed to be a black covering or a mask on his face, which had holes for his eyes and his nose and his mouth. Was it leather? Balaclava. He's wearing a balaclava. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, My yeah, that's what it sounds pineapple. like. I mean, pretty much, <laughs> Zed's dead, baby. Latex face mask. Yeah, everything's going to be nah. okay. And, As he unzips. <laughs> oh no. <laughs> um. So she remembers that this guy then told her that they were going to return her to a place uh, not far from where they took her. So that was a lie. And um. Well, and then, in the grand schemes of the universe, Dan. Yeah, I guess everything's relative. Far. So it's like, yeah, that's like not we, far. Yeah, if you're they in a just traversed can, another galaxy. Yeah, right. They dropped her 800 kilometers. They're like, that's f- fucking nothing. Yeah, it's a hop and a skip. It's like it's not even that far, right? For them, yeah, I'm sure. I, yeah, it's all relative. Um, and then you know, they apparently they told her that they were going to take her to this this place that wasn't where they took her from because, um, the lights were wrong at the property. That she had been at and it wasn't safe. See, I thought about this a while. I was like, what the fuck did they mean? The lights at the property, it wasn't safe. You know what I think? I think these things saw Cops. the police vehicles, the flashing lights, so they could no longer bring her back there. I never put that together until mm-hmm. now. And that's why it wasn't safe because they couldn't show up because they have yeah, guns. But, well, hold on, hold on, relax. Because like how often you respond to it. Like, obviously if it took them an hour, they're probably not responding code three. They're probably responding routinely. And you're not just going to sit with your vehicles parked at this property with the fucking lights on. I've seen, I've seen it before. Yeah, but it's, it's a kidnapping. There's nothing there to fuck. Like you're not setting up a perimeter to protect or anything like that. Like, yes, but you got to remember they're starting to suspect when they get there and they're hearing the stories that there's something like a, this could be foul play. They're actually, it's stated that like they're thinking potentially like this could be a murder investigation. Oh, yeah, I, I completely agree, but you're not you're not showing, and then you're not going to sit there with your lights on the entire time. They just they don't do that. Yeah. What does it have to be? Police lights like uh, they're outside with flashlights searching around. They oh, know totally. there's like eight or they 10 could be looking for property. a body. That type of shit. That makes sense yeah. with the, the, yeah, the so lights from the police cars. So if you were doesn't... if you were these ETs who took this girl and you're bringing her back, and you. You know, you get close enough, and you realize that there's like 20 other people there. Like, oh, we'll just keep going. And at the speed that they, they can travel, maybe this like that was the next stop. It was eight <laughs> eight hours north. Yeah. Now, Amy went on to go talk about like what from what she recalled 
from the encounter, from the abduction, the alleged abduction. And um, she, she in at least in some of the interviews, like when she got to the hospital, or when she got to the hospital and they, you know, they did their preliminary examination, they said that they found these strange triangular marks on different parts of her body. I mean, they show it, they show at least one that was on her, like her, her leg. inner thigh. Yeah. Um, in one of the videos of the uh, interview with her. And it's like, it's like three small, it's like predator. Like a, yeah. Did she have it's any like skid marks? It's like the yeah. predator target. Did she have any skid marks? Like uh Hillary Poa? No. no, no, no straight. It does. It looks like a, like a triple, like, like a three prong yeah, needle. Three dots and like a triangular formation. And she shows this and you see it. You do You're see like, it. You're like, that's three, that's a triangular formation of some weird prong. Yeah. Um, so this would indicate that they had, you know, perhaps performed some kind of test or whatever on her, some sort of medical examination while she was being abducted. Uh, but after that, uh, they dropped her off and where she stated the next thing that she recalled was waking up on the ground surrounded by trees. And she said she could smell the ocean, which is so somewhere, you know, Mackay is kind of near the, um, near the coast. And then she made her way through this bushland and she said, it seemed like a long time, so it, but it could have been you know thirty minutes, forty minutes, whatever, um, trekking her way uh, to to manage to find a road, and then seeing the gas station where she was eventually encountered the staff of that BP gas station um, that that helped her, and you know they they said that when she showed up initially, she she couldn't answer any really simple identifying questions. They were asking like you know who are you, like wh- where did you come from. Why are you all, you know, all simple questions you asked and she didn't seem to know where she was at all. Did that, were there any findings at the hospital? Like, was there any medical, like any injury, illness, anything like that? No, they pretty, uh, it's from, from most of the stuff that I looked up and the, the, the information that's available is that the, there, there's some claims that the hospital found um, the marks on her body, those are the only physical marks and nothing out of the normal besides that. But another interesting find seemed to be that there, um, she had like a, at least a couple days worth of body hair growth is what they found. They said that they, her hair seemed to have been, you know, like <sighs> she, like she had been gone, like she had been gone longer than a couple hours. Well, so yeah. I, I was she, reading that she, she might've, she just recently dyed her hair. And apparently the, the roots, roots were, were shown. shown. Listen, yeah. she said she died it a week before, which if she, if she had light hair and she died at dark, I mean, one week's all it takes. I, I dyed my hair black and I found out the hard way. So we got <laughs> that missing time. We got fucking like a little bit of retrograde amnesia. Well, like, and mm. I, I, one of the things I read is that the hospital noted that it looked like she hadn't eaten in two or three days. So there, there hmm. is some, there scant, inf- that, those pieces of information have come out. Um, there's not like a full, uh, like a full medical workup or anything like that. No, to, I think as really far as I could tell, they it. said like, there's like nine special documents of this case that have never been released because it pertains personal information. Right. So those are like the official police reports, like the yeah. official police reports. I would imagine you know, her like an actual those. medical record as well. Like that's not yeah, public that would knowledge. Be patient. Yeah. <laughs> Patient confidentiality. Doctor. Yeah. So I don't think we'd ever get to that. But from the stuff that did come out, um, we do have those little bits of pieces. So the hair growth, um, the triangular marks, because that's you definitely see that in the interview mm-hmm. with her. You see at least one of them. I don't I, I don't I'm not sure how many there were or what in all locations, but there is at least that one that they showed. Um, 
you know? And so after this, like it gets a little, even after this abduction, it doesn't quite, you know, within the next couple of days after this, like weeks, like stuff gets a little bit more weird. weird. No, and, yeah. and from the hospitals when they actually call the residents and that's, isn't that what they actually talk to Keith? Right. And then Keith actually hands the phone to one of the officers. And like, so this is all, this is all in real time. Yeah. So, so yeah. So they, they've gone to the hospital and all this. And then, um, and then, so you have all this stuff happening within a few days and then it kind of like, I guess it kind of like falls off after that. But then like within like a month, like when the story comes out, that's when actually um, Keith gets in contact with the Australian UFO Research Network. Before we get to the investigation, quick beer break. Be right back. So... Keith decides to get in contact with the Australian UFO Research Network since he, I don't think he believes that the police are taking him seriously. Well, uh, no. Exactly what happened. <laughs> we, can, we can talk about that because there's an interview, which is if you look up the Amy Rylance interview, there's an interview. It's maybe three minutes long. And near the end of the interview, they have the police chief on who cannot make it through two seconds laughing. without laughing. And he he like he's like he's like don't look at me. <laughs> he gets less kiss. I'm like stop it. It was like me and Ryan doing X plus one. Right? Like <laughs> it's and honestly for me I was it's appalling to me. And I I Dan you hit it on the head. I I feel bad for the officer because you know perhaps that was taken out of context. But like it's not a good look. This woman was abducted. You know by aliens or not something happened to her, and it's your job to find out. At least. And to take it seriously. Yeah, it wasn't even a press conference or anything. It's like they approached him like while he was going to work and they got these these shots of him him laughing about them him at like asking him questions about the case and they got him laughing, which I'm I could see these I mean these kinds of this was like two thousand, so it's like that kind of journalism where it's like, you know, if they if they he said, Hey, you're not gonna put that on TV, right? And they said, No, no, nah. no, no. And then they did. But you know, I don't <laughs> yeah. So the, the uh, other the other problem mm -hmm. though, Dan, is like it's like if if that's in fact how he feels about this case and he's thinking this is like bogus because that's what that interview makes it seem to be, they have signed affidavits from her of this story. So if you're not going to take it seriously and find the facts, then charge her for for for, for mischief. We're, ta we're talking like fucking just a regular police force. These aren't fucking space police, like space cops. What the fuck do you want them to do? <laughs> yeah, like, I guess it's not the like, NIB. I'm going to have to hop in my rocket ship and chase these fucking force. guys down, I guess. Like, what do you, yeah. like, even if, the guy's hands are like, what do you want me to do, man? I'm, you want me to fucking track down E.T.? Like, I... It's out of my jurisdiction. <laughs> yeah, like, what do you want from me, buddy? Forgot my lightsaber at home, brother. Like, I can't do anything. If she's been reported abducted, though, like, it's your duty. But she's home. She's back by now. No, I'm saying that originally, like even originally they were suspicious. Like it just seems like he right from well, the get-go. But they're you, bringing up the UFOs. Well, they're at asking this point, when she came back, when she came back, I think they were actually thinking uh, that this was some type of hoax. Is what took they, some is mushrooms. What the, I think that was probably the sentiment uh, that was most prevalent among the police officers and, and charge you know, police them. enforcement. Charge them. So uh, it's like charge them for what? Mischief. You know? Police time. For mischief. That's, 
But yeah, but that's work too, right? Like how many times do you fucking hand people warnings when they get pulled over for speeding and stuff like that? Like you're going to have to go through fucking extreme measures to charge this 22-year-old woman with mischief. Yeah, take this them to court. Like National news. This hit national news. And? Like I, I, I think him just maybe laughing about it as opposed to trying to charge her is probably a little bit better in my opinion, but. Okay. So Keith would go on to contact the Australian UFO Research Network, feeling that, you know, people had to know about this. I think that was just kind of his sentiment, that people needed to know about his experience and and try to understand what actually happened. And his phone call was fielded by Diane Harrison uh, on October 5th of 2001. So just like over like a little bit, like what, like the next month, um, like a month after this. I say No, that was like the next day, right? October 5th. Yeah, that was like the next day. So the day after pretty much. Um, And so when he called, apparently, you know, Diane Harrison is a UFO investigator for the Australian UFO Research Network. Um, And so he called them and apparently Petra was sleeping at the time, which seems like a weird detail for this whole thing. Um, So uh, Diane goes on to, you know, conduct like a standard uh, what would be a standard UFO encounter interview like over the phone i i'm sure i think mufon and all them they kind of have a whole kind of list of questions that you ask your script yeah Yeah. and so she was kind of going through those and she wanted to talk to petra as well who had you know seen what had happened but uh you know keith said she she was sleeping which i would have been like well wake her the fuck up because (laughs) this is kind of important (laughs) you called me motherfucker Uh, So Petra was not available during their whole discussion to talk about the events that they had actually witnessed. So um, Diane uh, ropes in Bill Chalker, who's also a UFO investigator, um, and who was actually I think he was he was going to talk at a uh, like there was going to be a UFO convention in the next few months. And he was going to go talk about the like the possible applications of like hard light technology because she felt like the whole um, you know, the bright light taking Amy uh, had maybe had something to do with some sort of hard light technology or something like that. So uh, she brought in Bill to, to help her out or act as Wait. a kind of ex. Wait a second. Hold up. He, she brought in Bill. What did Mike Masters say to call him? <laughs> Was it Bill? Yeah, he's the expert. Bill. Huh? Yep. Yeah. I think he's got a fake name. Interesting. (laughs) Making connections here. So Diane says that they were able to have an in-depth conversation about the events with both Keith and Amy, but I don't think they ever talked to, um, to Petra. And so, uh, which is interesting because Petra's really the only one that experienced the actual like UFO experience as opposed to like, whereas Amy saw the fucking weird door in the shadowy figure, but that's, you know, that's not really indicative of any UFO Amy activity. Never says UFO. Exactly. Ever. So it's bizarre. Petra, so the one Petra person actually saw the UFO. If you will, if you um, take her and, account as truth, then it's like her, she actually saw a UFO. And so, but she's not the one who gets to talk to Diane uh, through this whole thing. Now no Keith sense. said that they would all be available for, uh, for, for questioning by the investigators that they were going to have a, like a physical sit down and be able to do this. But when, um, Diane and, and Bill actually made the drive into Mackay, uh, to, to get an interview with them, they couldn't find them. It's like they had left the motel when they were spo- like, they had checked out. 
yeah, they had checked out of a motel that they were going to 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 meet in, and apparently this was the 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 third hotel in nine days since arriving in Mackay like early that morning. Okay, here's the thing. That to me, that point, I in all the articles that are brought up, it kind it tries to make it as this is something suspicious, right? Or they've been checking out. But like, if you don't have a lot of income and you're staying in cheap residence, a lot of times these places you're like, you'll go to these places and they'll be like, I have an opening tonight, but you're gonna have to check out tomorrow. Like when I backpack through Thailand, I would stay in a place for two weeks, and sometimes I was in like, you know, a place every other night because. They had bookings and stuff, and they just you you couldn't stay that long. So I was like, when they use this as like they're in three hotels in nine days, and I'm like, yeah, but that might be it. That might have been because of subject to availability of the hotels. They didn't have reservations. They're just walking into these places, right? They're from Gadai. They've driven up all the way up to Mackay. Probably only like yeah, not right. So like Mackay to go pick up. Like they had driven up there to go pick up Amy. I'm assuming like they had gone up there to go pick her up. So this is just the next day after this had happened. So they had gone to go pick her up. And now uh, the investigators said that they didn't hear until from Keith until the next day. And then Keith said to them that they had to act, that they had to flee. He's quoted as saying to, they had to flee the area and they had to move to an unspecified location oh. because he was he was very suspicious of a vehicle that was seemed to be pursuing them and it seemed to be some sort of high powered dark brown four wheel truck here so, come the men, men in brown black. no brown dude men, men in brown. brown galaxy not ups men in brown <laughs> well just are, just because they're driving a brown vehicle doesn't mean that they're men in brown the they men in black brown driving it's australian a brown vehicle. It's, the, it's the australian detachment bro the brown and then at this point, they didn't hear anything from Keith until October 14th, uh, like 10 days later. It's my birthday, no big deal. Yeah. No biggie. I don't know if that has a connection to this case. Presence welcome. Does. Presence welcome. Address. Does. Not sure. Address will be given out publicly and you can send I Braden found it a whatever little fishy. you want. And then they heard from him that time and then never heard from him again. Gone. So 10 days Day. later, they hear from him and then silence. So they were neuralized then is what you're saying. Well, and three days later, they seemingly have left the country. Yeah. What? Left the country? Like, Yeah, that's what I read. Really? So I didn't read. I didn't, yeah. The, um, what about whispering winds? Just just fucking. <laughs> they left come on it, now. buddy. It's just whispering now. Nothing. Oh, that's all man. you hear there. <laughs> just whispering tumbleweeds. Just whispering winds, not no winery, but just whispering <laughs> yeah. winds. Okay, can, can, we just, can we pause on the men in black? So he says that. They were like intimidated by the men in black, or he just suspected the they men in black. They said that they were being followed by a vehicle. I don't. I don't think they ever. Uh, from what I was looking at, there wasn't any real mention of like an actual confrontations. So whatever, if the men in black did say something to them, it was impactful enough to just shut them up. Yeah, yeah. If they said yeah. something, they were gone. Men in brown. Men in brown. Powerful. But but the funny thing is, is that it really seemed at least in at least some of the re- research. I think Diane Harrison said that she, when she talked to Keith, his whole sentiment was like this stuff had to come out, like this needed to be out. Like he felt like he needed to go to the media with it, like it needed to get out there. So it's kind of strange that it's be like you don't really want, then you just disappear. Well, is it is it strange because like let's let's go through that. I read that too of like. 
people were like questioning, oh, why would Keith, why was he so interested in getting this story out? Well, if you're concerned that these people are coming and threatening you, you know, we've seen it from other people in the in the past that they go out to the news. So it's like, hey, now if something happens, like you can't do anything to me now because you'll prove my story. That's the Bob Lazar style. like Right? Bob Lazar. Exactly. 100%. Bob so. Lazar is still alive. So Because he told to his me, though, story. Hold it. Yeah. Which is weird to me, though, because like they stopped contact with these ufologists, but they were still doing news interviews and shit, weren't they not? I think it was just the one or two interviews. They were still in contact with the media, though. They just shut out the fucking UFO, the yeah, ufologist so like, yeah. or whatever. Yeah. So like, like within a couple of days, like they had done that, and at least that one interview with the um uh, with the local news, and then um yeah, so the police had some reasons, or it seemed to be some evidence for them to kind of like raise their suspicions about something kind of strange is happening. Um, like Braden said, they had found paper towels, black hair dye. And the burnt remains of two floodlights and an electrical wiring in an incinerator 60 feet from the annex. An which incinerator? Is like, the dumbest okay. thing I've ever heard in my life. It's weird. Yeah, it's definitely weird because it's like, okay, I understand. Uh, you know, like we said, she dyed her hair black. But it's blonde um, a couple days later. Yeah, it's blonde a couple days later. Okay. Or I, I don't know how long it had been. That to me that is kind of like, I don't know though. Like that, that could have been purposeful and Listen, you know, to, to dye it with the roots showing so you could <laughs> try and prove fucking missing time. But here's the thing. Here's the thing. So in the interview, a couple of days after she has blonde hair, Petra is has black hair, right? So if this was blonde hair dye, I would go, okay, well, that would make more sense because you can see her black roots in the in the in this interview. So for me, you can going, see who's Amy's black roots, black roots. So it's Amy's. like, did so she, Amy dyed her hair from fucking black to blonde or from blonde I, to black. I think from black to black to blonde to black to bleach bond. I mean, you can't do that with box dye, brother. You got to go in and get like your hair, hair well, chemically bleached and shit like that. I think it'd make more sense to go the other way. Listen, I've, I dyed my hair, hair blonde hair. one time. Fucking brown hair. I got pretty dark hair. Mm, pretty dark. Pretty dark. All right. You got to bleach it and I then you got to dye a blonde after. Big process. The, you know, looking into that, they're like, we found paper towels and I'm like, yeah, you come to my house, you find paper towels too. I don't know how that's indicative of uh, some sort of hoax, but the, yeah. the two floodlights and the electrical wiring, they heavily kind of push the narrative that like, that must have been the light. Why do they say in the incinerator? What What do you mean? Well, I'm sure they had like an incinerator or something on the, on Why? the, property. On the property. We're missing. We're missing the point here. Why the fuck would these people who told the story? One of light- person wouldn't have to be in it. That That's what makes sense to me too. Is like one person. They obviously had to try and trick somebody to go to that measure to even use the lights. What? I don't even know why they would use the lights in the first place. They that's what I'm saying. There's not a bunch of people lights. around there to see, well, right? Yeah, you don't need the lights. I yeah, I get that. Part. That's what like, I, what I'm saying is is the only reason they'd use those lights is to trick Amy that she's to make her think she's actually being abducted, or else it doesn't make sense. So it makes me think that either Amy must not be in on it, okay, or so, so there's no use, reason for those lights in general. So Amy's not in on it. Yeah. How do they get her 800 kilometers away? Roofle in, throw in the fucking back of a vehicle, and fucking bomb. You can't do it. It's impossible. Well, they have to. It's you'd impossible. have to delay the call to the cops. You have to yeah, delay. Exactly. Your story. Well, it, 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 the, the missing the missing time there makes me think that they all have to be in on it to make the fucking to make it work, right? But 
Who knows? She was asleep. She might have thought that she was fucking, she was not asleep for as long as she thought she was, right? Say that that's the case and they roofied her to get to plan this staged abduction. If she went to the hospital, would they not check for that? Like, oh, I've, I've been unconscious. Would they not like... I don't know why they would do a talk screen on her. They don't really have any reason. They seem like they were taking this situation extremely light. The other thing, all she wouldn't, facets. she wouldn't, she'd be like, man, I'm pretty foggy. I don't remember the, like the last thing I remember. She'd be like, she says like Thursday night, I was watching TV. It was 930. They went to bed. Like she accounts for that, which means then even if we go as she got roofied and then Keith goes to bed at 930, that only adds two and a half hours more for her to get <laughs> On a like a yeah, nine hour drive, know. like doesn't make sense. Well, you're. I'm just like if she shows up at the diner or whatever, she doesn't know where she's been. She Gas goes. Station. They take her to the hospital that night. If you tell a story like I, you know, I woke up here. I don't know how I got here. If you're like a competent medical professional, would you not be like, oh, check? Like, why would you? Why would this happen? Dr like. Yeah, when drugs, you check, I would you, think you'd want to be checked you for could, drugs. You have drugs. people walk into emergency rooms on a daily basis saying they've been abducted by aliens, well, that they're the queen of fucking England, and you don't do a talk screen on all of them. You assume that they're fucking mentally this ill. This girl didn't say they're, she was abducted by aliens, though. Well, but that's, I'm just saying, like, we don't know. We don't know the steps they went through, but I don't know if they would have done a talk screen on her. Now, I don't know if there was the even thing. a reason to. Maybe they did because there are sealed information, right? Because it contains personal information. So the hospital might have done something like that, but they're not releasing any findings of a toxicology report. They would release another to the interesting bit to the case. Another little piece of the puzzle is that you have police sergeant Robert Maragna, who stated that they found phone records. Uh, of a phone call from a motel in Rockhampton, which is between Gundai and McKay, Mackay, um, and that calls were made the day before the incident. What does that mean? So that possibly means, means that she was already on her way to fucking Gundai. There's no proof of that, though. Well, no, no I mean, you have the phone records, but it's like, who is calling them? So who's calling yeah. him from a motel in Rockhampton? On the way to like the, on that's the way on to Makai, it's in between yeah. the two. Or Makai, well, yeah, well, sorry, yeah. I mean, yeah, you could draw that conclusion, but it's the same as saying no, she didn't call from there because you don't know. Someone called from there. You don't, uh, but yeah, but it's again both of those. Yeah, the two have equally valid because it's like either she was calling from there or she wasn't calling from there. But I'm just saying it's a piece of the puzzle. I'm not saying that it indicates anything. Or I'm someone else called from a there. Piece of the puzzle. Is there is there a possibility that they use those lights to create the burn marks on that bush? Um, it could have been something like that. I sh I suppose like it'd be I guess high power. In the investigation, I'm saying that the ufologists they found similar burn marks on other plants at the front door. So, I mean, you're in Australia, October. What's that like? Just the beginning of probably dry season. I would imagine October because the seasons are reversed. So October's approaching summer. It might be getting hot. Is the plants? I are they just sun scorched sure. or? I thought there was some, there was some significance to the type of burns though. Like only these types of burns were be able to be created by like high powered lights is what I, I remember reading that could be fucking completely. Yeah. Large. I don't know that. I mean, the internet lore, it, cause it does, does say one of the plants, I can't remember the type of plant was burnt and the one immediately beside it was not. So like the one closest to the window seemed to be burnt, like a directed heat light or something. Mm -hmm. So that gives like, the theory to like, it was a, like an energy beam from the UFO killed the plant perhaps. Maybe. Yeah. And then the screen was cut or ripped or whatever. So that was her being sucked out of the window. 
I guess is what is how like the abduction story would go if you're trying to put yeah, that evidence together. Yeah, it was together. cut like vertical and then at the bottom as well. Like that's the the kind of cuts that they found on it. It wasn't like completely gone. It was just and it had been cut. So that makes more sense of like slices as opposed to like somebody being pulled through it. If anything, you think that the screen would just pop off, right? Like sure. or pop at the seams. Yeah. Uh, I, yeah, it's tough. Like to me, because I kind of agree with the, so Chalker and Harrison, the investigators, they, when they investigated the property, they said that they actually, there was a dog there. So perhaps it was a dog cut on the screen. Oh yeah, that's right. There's a whole story about them going over there and Keith and them weren't there. They weren't there. Like they weren't, they weren't there. They and they the asked cops. him like to look after the dog. <laughs> like they asked him to like let the dog, they had like a dog and then they had a couple of, there's a parrot. There's a parrot. Or there's I a bird. I didn't read about the parrot, but I did read that there was the dog there. Yeah, there was a dog, but there also was a bird too. Which I, from watching enough internet videos, I assume like all Australians own some type of parrot or bird. <laughs> Seems like a lot, like disproportionate amount of Australians own birds. Uh, but they said, yeah, there's a, there's a bird there on the property. And then there's also like a, uh, and the dog, which they were like, you can let the dog out. Um, he's really friendly or something. They were like, they, they made some remarks about the dog, yeah. that the dog was doing some stuff and like kind of running around. And the, uh, Di I know Diane said something about, uh, the dog seemed to like jump up on the window that, or seemed to be interested in the window that was the, where Amy had exited, uh, hey, and been pulled into the UFO. I got a, I got a question. I got a question. Sure. Hypothetical. Zell. Hypothetical. If the only way out into your backyard was through, you know, a waist high window with the screen and there was a squirrel out there, how fast would Willow smash through that screen? If the screen was in, like her height range, fast. Would it make so, Would it make a perfect slit, or would she just blow that thing in perfectly apart? Uh, they would put the screens because she's my dog now is blowing a few screens at people's houses, and the screen usually pops at one side. That's I'll tell you right now. Remember my fucking psycho killer cat? He popped all the seams on all our fucking windows. Like every single one, the screens are, I could take a picture of one in this room and send it to you if you want. Like that's, well, that's the way they pop. That's the reason why well, I knew he, that. He probably, the cat probably pulled it off with his claws, I bet. No, no. he fucking would beeline at Just it. Just run right through it? Oh yeah, tackle right through it. It's <laughs> fucking nuts. Now this one, like the picture from it, was it on the side or was it in the middle? It was slit down the middle and at the bottom. Yeah, that's what they were saying. It looks like it's been slashed. down the middle slashed. and then one down the, down the down there along the bottom there. And so they were kind of thinking that perhaps maybe, I mean, that was a possibility that they said perhaps the damage could have been caused by the dog actually doing that. That was something that it did on a regular basis. But, you know, if it's just cut really those, those things, it doesn't, doesn't really kind of hold up, but it's it could, a possibility. It could, it could have been cut many different, like it could have been broken for a long time. And maybe they just, they loot, like lumped it in with the abduction. Like, oh, the screen's broken. Therefore, like it must've happened or me, but well, didn't Petra say she went out that window, specifically the window that was slashed? Well, she said that's where the light was coming from, from that window. Oh, okay. Like, this is the window that they're referring to. So this window had these cuts on it. Mm -hmm. um, so if, how she made it out the, that window, I suppose. Um, whether or not that cut had been, been there before, it's never really mentioned. Just like a, I also find interesting is that nobody really asked, like, where Amy was and how do we know that she was there the night before, you know? Like the day before, like, where was Amy? And it's like, well, she was here, but who do we know besides Keith and Petra who were actually there? Just, Keith, you know. Petra, the dog, the parrot, and the whispering winds. Yeah, That's should it. ask the parrot. Hmm. Probably know. Parrots don't snitch, though. 
It's true. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, you know, uh, at least one journalist, uh, Kevin Corcoran of the Fraser Coast Chronicle, uh, went kind of deep into this and he, he kind of wrote it off as a hoax. Um, he even went on to say that, like, you know, the farmland that they had been living on, that which was supp- supposedly going to become Whispering Winds Winery, uh, had been unoccupied since uh, the, all three of the residents, you know, Keith, uh, Keith, Amy and Petra had all left the country after the after the story of the of the abduction broke. Like they all pretty much hoofed it gone. Now, see, this this part was interesting because it, it, it made me think, I was like, okay, well, did they own that property? Was it their plan to build the winery? I was like, is that why it's unoccupied still? Because they're the title holders on it? Because, you know, if, if, if you go with their, you know, story of that, like, hey, you know, they're trying to contact these UFO researchers you know they're getting met by some men in uh, men in black, and they're getting run off the road. You know, and they're maybe they're having threats on their lives, and they they flee the country. They go back to uh, England, where uh, Keith was born. It you know to me, I'm like, you know, they paint it as a picture of well, this is obviously a hoax because of that. But I'm like, well, for me, when I look at that and I see those things, I'm like, this could easily be me of like. You know, they're in a bad place. The story broke. So they're getting threats. They're like, this isn't safe. We got to get the fuck out of here. Yep. This is crazy. And they fled back home. Like, like imagine if you were kind of getting that attention, like, and I was in traveling in Thailand and I said this, and all of a sudden it's like the police were nonstop coming. You know, I had people threatening me and stuff. I'd be like, I'm getting the fuck out of here. This is fucking crazy. See ya. Well, revisit that. Revisit the fucking uh, affidavit or document she signed saying that promising it wasn't a hoax. Maybe they're like, fuck. They're on to us that it's a hoax. We got to get the fuck out of here. What's the, you know what I mean? You're looking at a mischief charge. What was the point of the hoax though? Like why, why the hoax? Well, no, all really good questions. Here's the thing. Amy, there's, there's no books. There's no beams. There's no council of beams. (laughs) Right. As far as we could tell, they didn't really profit off the incident. You're not profiting now. Unless they change their names. They're not profiting yeah. now. You know what I mean? Like it, it's if you have this and this is your plan is to do this hoax, you've got everyone by the balls right now. You had everyone, all attention on you. You could have turned this into a money maker. Could've right? went, this could have been your life now. Worldwide interview you could, circuit. You could try, but like look at the re- reactions they're getting from law enforcement stuff that they're laughing at them. Like you know, for all we know, they're like, "This is fucking trash." Like you guys are full of shit. This isn't gonna fly. Yeah, we don't we don't have access to because like they said, the the um at least I think it was the I don't know if it was the Australian UFO Net Research Network or one of the journalists, like they made freedom of information requests to the police to release these documents that like Zell mentioned earlier, the nine documents that had pertained to this to this case. And they said they can't release them because they have personal information. We have no idea what's in there. Nope. Like there could be hardcore evidence and be like, no, uh, that those phone calls were made by this person. There were some, there, there, I know there is some mention of people, uh, allegedly spotting a woman who looked like Amy in Mackay the day before. Eyewitnesses are always super credible and never make mistakes either. <laughs> when they're looking for blonde-haired, petite women, right in Australia, in Australia, yeah. <laughs> so, um, 
you know, so there is that. There were these reports of people actually seeing a woman who resembled her. So um, there, there could be proof in these documents that say that kind of stuff. And then they knew that the cops were onto them. So they left. But again, that's like, why leave when you're only on a mischief charge? What are you going to do? There's a bunch of moving parts to this. That's like, there's a bunch of information. Like, yeah, why were they living in the middle of nowhere? Were they, I'm not, it's not hundred percent clear as if they were developing the whispering winds winery. And it's like, why would you leave if you like, that was going to be your thing. I didn't really read much about the the potential developing winery. So like there was actually like, like an application to develop like a vineyard and everything or that's, we just knew that they were trying to start up a winery on this property called Whispering Winds. Yeah, it sounded like they were trying to start it. Yeah, yeah and but from looking at pictures and, and the, the video during the interview, I'm like, that's that didn't look great. <laughs> like, I don't think you're popping up a winery in there. Um, I've had a lot of work. Yeah, oh, yeah. I, yeah, even that, it's just, yeah. So I don't, I, I don't really understand, you know, the relationship between, we don't really understand the full kind of scope of the relation, the context of the relationship between these three people, like how, Everyone. how it all kind of works out. Like Petra's your business partner, but how are they all like, how do they interact with each other? How is it, you know, cause it is, it does seem a little weird that all three of them, like what, what was Petra's stake in this? What, why is she a part of the whispering winds thing? Is she putting up some of the money? Like what is going on? There's so many questions. A lot of questions. Yeah. So it's just like, there's a whole bunch of things that questions on the the <clears throat> side of being like, okay, we need to just understand what, what's going on here before we take in, a, you know, take in the whole alien thing that happened. And um, let's, uh, let's mix it up. Let's get into final thoughts. Uh, Dan, let's start with you this time. Uh, it's just not enough information. We're not going to know the. We're not going to know the answer to this until they find. What do you What stuff. do you feel deep inside your soul? Gut feeling. <laughs> just a black hole. Check your hard drives. <laughs> what comes out? I feel like they just. What told, do you like want they, to believe? I feel like they just told something. Like for me, it's just like they just told a story, and it's like why. Yeah, there's just a bunch of things. I I don't believe it. I, I, it's there, there's no, there's no corroboration between the, like all the like official documents. There's no stuff like that. It doesn't have as much credibility as some of the other stuff, the other encounters that we've, we've talked about. This one is like three people living in a caravan in the middle of farmland and, and stuff happening. Nobody cited any, uh, UFOs that time. Nobody, like nobody was like, oh, I saw a bright light, something on the property besides these people. There's no independent confirmation of being like there was something there. Um, the distance thing really is weird, but also the fact that there's perhaps people who saw mm. her there, and there's no info. There's no. There's nothing saying that Amy was on the property the day before. Except- there's no info. Like we don't have anything from the timeline before leading up to the abduction. Except the so, other two people said she's there. That's what we got to yeah. go on. So you got. Andrew, what do you think? Um, like I could see, I can definitely see why Mike Masters suggests this. It's really cool. And then if you take into the fact that she she had said that she had previous UFO sightings when she was in grade five, makes you think that maybe he's, you know, we talked about it before, but maybe these are the aliens coming back and checking in on her again. Yeah, we didn't right? we didn't talk much about that, but yeah, she did say but, year five yeah. she had another encounter. So maybe they're revisiting follow-up appointments potentially like that. But again, I can't, you know, we got to think, what continent are we on here? Fake Australia. 
South we're in Africa. Australia. We're in we're in Australia, right? Who's to say she didn't team up with Miss Bianca and Bernard and hop on top of fucking Marahute and fly her way there? Oh, fuck guys, obviously rescuers. haven't. Yeah, yeah, there you rescuers go. Rescuers down nice. under. Got Pick it. that up. Okay. Yeah, there you go. You're got welcome. Your right? pop culture <laughs> no, knowledge seriously, is too strong. Like, you know, there's so many. The whole time that I started reading this, right away, my brain went to like, oh, you know, like they're trying to kill her. They're going to kill her off. Maybe her. She's the one with the family money, you know, that has the biggest stake in this fucking property. And she's in the way. And, you know, Petra and Keith are in love. And maybe they hired somebody to kill her and they botched it. And she escaped. You know, like that's really bad. You know, that's botch. Yeah. Right. Well, we see it. You see it. You watch that one episode of Cops where oh, the fucking yeah, bounty hunter could dragging do her out to wherever to be like, well, we couldn't have been there. She's 500 miles away. Like, it, you no know, way and, we could have killed her. And that, you know, I watch way too much first 48, that type of shit. But like Dan said, like that, that distance to cover and that pound, amount of time is just absolutely wild. And I want to believe this one. It, it, it's cool, but it's so hard when there's just three people involved, you know, and then we're supposed to take their, you know, the, the Petra lady didn't even get a chance to talk to the people that are important. Like that's so fucking fishy to me. She's the only one that saw the craft and the fucking light and Keith would not let her talk. Like, I think Keith is trying to make, you know, I thought Keith maybe concocted this plan potentially. Like, that's what doesn't add up to me. Why would they not let her talk to the professionals or the professionals? So the only time she really spoke was to media. Well, to the like to the people who would potentially take her the most like seriously, the UFO researchers, like, why wouldn't they let Petra talk to them? You know, why is Keith talking to them in the first place? He was fucking sleeping. Like, it doesn't make sense. You have the one person who was supposedly abducted and you have the other person yeah, that witnessed it, that. but neither of those people got to talk to them. That makes absolute um, zero fucking no, Amy sense. Amy did. Amy did. Amy, Amy talked did. to the UFO research. Eventually. Eventually. Now, you know, my final thoughts on this one is I lean heavily on why lie? I don't under, like, if you look for the root of that and no, Andrew, like you're saying, like, you know, maybe this was some sort of murder hot murder plot that gone wrong. Right. Where they, you know, they, whoa, we were someone else dragged away. The timing of her then coming, you know, back, making a phone call three hours later, they're just like, uh, hmm. you know what I mean? They're already too far apart to like line up any kind of story. Right. With it. So to me, that doesn't make any sense. Those are just first inklings, but yeah, go for it. I just don't, when I look at this story and I'm like, okay, you know, if, if when we're looking at Hillary Porter and we're looking at other cases, a big thing for me is when they tell these stories and then it's like, and then it's like, Hey, and and now I'm i I go shake hands and sign $10 autographs at conventions from Mm. the rest of my life. Like, I'm like, these people aren't profiting from this at all. I would really like to find out if they have the title on that property because that to me would be, you know, make me he- like lean heavier towards believing them more if they've then fled the country, leaving behind uh, this property that, you know, perhaps they're title holders on. Um, I just can't get it off my mind of why would you like, why, what was the point of this lie? Because it doesn't seem that you got anything out of it. And if you were just lying for media attention and then you didn't you didn't relish in it or you didn't even like really make an opportunity to, um, you know, utilize it. Now going to the fact that like Keith talking to the media, perhaps Petra didn't want to, perhaps Petra didn't. She was like, listen, I I don't want to talk to these people because they were getting threats. Right. And Petra was scared. 
right? These people maybe had come to them and said, like Bennett Black were saying, like, listen, you guys are going to keep quiet. They had a run in with the SUV trying to run them off the road. Perhaps that was enough to scare Patrick being like, I'm not talking to anyone. I'm listening to those people. I'm not doing, I'm not fucking doing this. And Keith was trying to get the story out there in hopes of like, well, if we can get in the media, they'll have to leave us alone because they can't do anything if we're, everyone knows our story. Right. right. That's kind of where my brain goes to on this case. Zell, what do you think? I'm going to agree with the conclusion of the two investigators, Harrison and who was it? Dan Harrison and Dan Harrison and uh, Bill Scully and Chalker. Chalker, yeah. So their comp- their conclusion was this case is far from closed and re- requires an objective, open minded investigation. Only time will give us the possibility of resolution and certainty about this intriguing but controversial affair. The fact that she ended up that far away at a hospital with no memory. Like it's an elaborate, elaborate hoax. If it was, and if it was a, if it was a murder plot, and they drugged her, and she ended up in the hospital, I, I just feel like if she, if you showed up, she could, in, in the interviews, she doesn't seem crazy. Like he does, doesn't seem like, doesn't seem no. out of it, right? She seems like a normal person. So if she showed up at the hospital and she's like, I don't know where I am, like I don't know, like I, I don't know who I am, where I am, and she finally like gets her memory like amnesia. I just feel like if she was drugged and like was like a murder for hire gone wrong doesn't really make sense to me the hoax doesn't benefit financially which usually is a tall tale a book or a tour or but yes at the same time them not being able to conduct the investigation properly just you know leads you to like well why not like if she was abducted like give her to uh, dr sprinkles and let's get some regressive hypnosis and let's get to it (laughs) he's the guy yeah. Yep. He's the only Scares man that can do you. it. No. He's your man. I think uh it's I think it's one of the better ones as far as abductions. As far as the distance traveled, the timeline. I mean, you could say like the leg hair and stuff, maybe she just she never really shaved her legs and th- you could say like oh she just already had long leg hair like you know, I don't know, but it's a cool one. Investigation was just kind of just abandoned. There was no conclusion either way, so I don't know. That's what I think. Yeah. Dr. Michael Masters, thanks for the, thanks for the case. It's fun. It was fun, to, was look, fun. fun to look into. It was a good one. Yes, this was a lot of fun. Definitely. Uh, why don't we fire up the uh, randomatron or and see what it spits out here? Seems to be a double feature. First up, we got a little bit of uh, Space News! Well, uh, some space debris uh, has hit and damaged the International Space Station. Um, Some debris, too small to be tracked, has hit and damaged part of the International Space Station, namely the Canadarm 2. Hold up! Robotic arm. Whoa. Hold up. Our only piece of space innovation has been damaged. Yeah, it's got a good puncture in it, too. It's a sad day. Like you can see the pictures, uh, whatever it was, blew a hole right through it. It, would have, it, was, um, it was too small to be tracked. Like they tracked. That, is, that is one of my biggest fears of like going into space, is having random objects like speeding around at 
enormous speeds and like tiny little objects like you probably couldn't even see it it could be like a piece of it could be a fucking ball bearing no you know yeah like, but traveling at like three times the speed of sound just because it's been hurtling around space and then smacking into anything they can track they, they track like tens of thousands of pieces of space debris but bigger than a softball so anything smaller than that they have no idea where it is but it, yeah but it could still be like a tiny little thing it could be the size of a fucking lima bean and but if it's yeah. traveling at like you know, yeah, it's exactly. A thousand miles per hour, that thing's gonna fucking hurt. They know where the bigger stuff is, but those small ones can just—they could go right through the wind, like a yeah. a window of the space station. Boom! It's wild. Terrifying. Honestly, uh, you know, all the astronauts aboard are probably counting their lucky stars. It didn't hit somewhere else. Yeah, they're like, oh, I can't arm. Whatever. The, the Canada arm is still Whoa. functioning, Dan. Mm. Whoa, Daisy! <laughs> Come on, buddy. Uh, it's still functioning though. It was a. It should be fine. They should be able to keep using it. So, yeah, they it's figured they can cheaper. patch it up too as well, just like Canada. Yeah. Throw a little <laughs> fucking duct tape on that bad boy. Actually, good to yeah, go. Good to go. <laughs> um, what else did I have here? Oh, uh, Ingenuity just survived an unexpected in-flight anomaly on Mars uh, during its sixth flight on the Red Planet. The Ingenuity helicopter experienced a little mishap. Uh, but thanks to some planning and built-in fail-safes, it survived to fly another day. Um, which is this is actually really good news because um, this kind of error, you know, and it, it shows that they can troubleshoot this thing in real time um, while in flight, which is going to be you know important because had it been like me, any time I've owned a quadcopter or <laughs> uh, you know radio-controlled helicopter, she did. Uh, I just smash it instantly into the ground or into someone. <laughs> yeah the chopper oh. it seemed to like go into like an oscillating like malfunctioning flight but they it seemed to land safely and it's all right so what was that at sixth flight or seventh flight or something uh six cool so you heard it from me me uh nasa's better at flying uh helicopters on mars than i am at flying rc helicopters on earth yeah. mm. Strange. You don't say. Um, and then in an, in an act of homicide, NASA is launching glowing baby squid in 5,000 tardigrades into space. Oh, yeah. <laughs> uh, where they will meet their untimely demise uh, in the vastness of space to be tortured in uh, the vacuum of space for yeah, all that's time. That's what you think. Those tardigrades <laughs> are going to survive. They're going to survive. Those tardigrades can survive anything. There's already... Yeah, you're you're going to find them on... You're going to find them on Mars where they've evolved into giant like humanoid creatures and made their own civilization by that point. Yeah. That's terrifying. Pissed so, off at us for letting them out in space. Yep. So what exactly is it? Um, a tardigrade? It's like a one millimeter little. It has a tiny little, little microscopic animal it, life form. Is, um, it's an actual well, animal. Well, to quote this article, form. they're pudgy water bears. Yeah, they also <laughs> that's the also the name. They're known by water bears. They got eight. Are they legs or are they appended? They got. They look like little like little, little appendages, like little, little mouths, yeah. like almost like little. They squid are mouths. exceptionally survivable. Like, I think that the last experiment I heard, like, I hear about them all the time, but it's like, uh, I think one of the other experiments that was like recently, like they shot one out of a gun, like they shot it on a bullet, survived. Huh. Things are fucking monsters. There's also, yeah, why do you think Ant-Man's so strong? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. There's al also <laughs> thousands of dehydrated tardigrades that crashed in the moon in 2019, I guess. Failed. And they're still there probably. Yeah. They're probably, they're probably <laughs> thriving on the moon right now. Yep. They got their own. Tardigrade. Our entire solar system is going to be populated by tardigrades that we launched out. Aliens are coming here there. because we're releasing the tardigrades. It's like, who's <laughs> yeah. doing this? You put them in space, they absorb... These indestructible life forms. You put them in space, they absorb all the radiation that's turned into giants. Yep. Yeah. It's 
cool though. I mean, that's that's the premise of some of the Star Star Trek Discovery things. Is it um, tardigrade? But it's also they're doing a squid, a type of squid as well. Like yeah, the little glowing squid. They're releasing like 150 of those too, which I can't imagine are going to do very well. I've you've never seen Silverhawks, so there you go. Um, that's all I had for space news. Do you guys have any space news? No, those are the three three main ones of the week. Um, and yeah, it also spit out uh, also spit out a UFO case file. Oh, the good old days, old school one. <sighs> Pull the dust off this bad boy. Printed a whole book. Holy yeah, shit! <laughs> all, all the pages are uh, blank know, though, except the one. Yeah, it's <laughs> weird. It's honestly, I think we're paying too much for this. <laughs> <laughs> the overheads on the random Toronto crazy. Uh, Bertu Alfred. In August 1983, Alfred Bertu, then in his late 70s, was fishing in the Bassenstoke Canal in Aldershot. During the small hours of the morning, Bertu saw a light approaching him to within a close distance. Shortly after that, Bertu saw two entities approaching him who indicated they wanted him to follow them, which he did. Across the towpath to the canal and up to a landed object standing on the towpath. It was approximately 45 feet wide and resting on runners. On board the object, Bertu was subjected to some form of examination, but rejected for whatever purpose he was being examined on account of his age the aliens told him you're too old and infirm for our purpose <laughs> Imagine, oh that's great like you couldn't tell <laughs> anti-octogenarianism yeah. it's like they didn't know he was old like they'd have run tests they're like wait a minute you're old <laughs> you know that must go to say how good alfred bertu looks in his 70s that must, yeah um, Bertu was allowed to leave the object. He returned to his fishing spot and his dog, which he had left there. He witnessed the object take off at high speed, becoming a small light, then disappearing out of sight. The entities apparently wore one-piece suits in green, covering even their hands and feet, and their faces were masked by visors. Despite appearances, Bertu was convinced that they originated from Earth. What is perhaps particularly unusual about Bertu's encounter is that he appeared to have suffered little psychological consequences from it. In fact, his predominant emotion was irritation at being rejected by the entities. Uh, it appears. Goddamn ageists. <laughs> it appears he's like, oh, yet again, am I turned down because I'm old? <laughs> uh, it appears that he took the view that at his age, there was nothing to fear. Although he also stated, it was the greatest experience of my life. Some three years later, Bertu died and researcher Timothy Good sensibly followed up the story by asking whether he had ever confessed that it was a hoax. His wife confirmed that he had not and he supported his claims even on his deathbed. Boom, right till death. It's <laughs> just the little detail about leaving his dog. Would you tell him, hey, stay here, boy? I'm going to go with these yep. weird looking guys. Like, I'm just going to go over here real quick. <laughs> like, what? <laughs> Sit. Sit. Stay. Uh, like, I just imagine fuck? him backing him from the boat. Stay. Stay. Ah, 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 ah. Stay. Stay. 
Great. Nice. Great story. Him for being cool too story. Old. Good from the old. It's pretty good. Old school randomatron so, story there. Did, hey, and those of you getting up there in age, I saw someone in the chat, 61, you're almost too old to be abducted. So there's that, right? There's You got that yeah. to live for. <laughs> Silver right. lining. You can live the rest of your days carefree because you know you're too old to be abducted. Easy. There you go. Awesome. Theorite of the week, Andrew? Uh, third of the week this week is, I'm probably going to butcher, but Shadowercy. Is that Shadowercy? Right? Yeah. yeah. Got, been nonstop on Patreon, on all our socials, and then he made this beauty of an Avengers meme. Got Captain Canada. You got fucking Zell's Thor. You got Dan is Vision, which I don't know how it feels about it. Looks a little said, yeah, it was a close call. I almost vetoed it because I was like, nah, I'm more Doctor Strange. But. Um, Maester okay. Strange. Yeah, Maester he is Strange. a Maester Strange. Uh, but Shadowers, he's been, you know, always active on our Discord server. Um, active <laughs> all everywhere. over the place. Longtime so. supporter. Every other third comment. Yeah. And we appreciate it. Yeah, hell yeah. Thanks for making the community that much better. Right on. Back to regular Patreon supporters. If you're not supporting the show and you want early access to case files, bonus content, live streams, and all the rest, check the link in the description or patreon.com slash alien theorist podcast. This week's supporters, KS Sasquatch goes up a tier. Taylor Linebow, Jordan Thurman, Louis Zaragoza, The Coda Bear, Eric Wortley, Jericho, maybe is that Chris Jericho? Went up to ten dollars. Probably. Better be. Paul Bernard Sawyerdas. Matthew Androlowitz and you know who with the one year mid-tier pledge. Thank you very much yeah. for supporting the show. And as we always say at the end of these things, keep those eyes on the skies. Peace, everybody. Peace.